0: This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Chance Hayes, Warning Coordination Meteorologist with the Canton National Weather Service in Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2023, Chance. Hey, good Uh, morning. Thank you. I think we've made a habit of uh, having you on this show every year at least once, Uh, usually as the spring severe uh, weather season begins, which we're just around the corner.
1: Uh, Do you know how many of these shows you've done with us? <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. You know, we've been going back a long time. I, I'd probably say somewhere between 10, 15 years Ooh, or so, okay. I would think.
0: Well, now, how long have you been with the National Weather Service in Wichita?
1: Well, I actually transferred here from Louisville, Kentucky back in 1995. So, I am the old timer at the office. We had a gentleman retired last year that had actually been at a, the Wichita office longer than me. Really? So now that puts me at the top of the pyramid.
0: Yeah, before that, you're you're a native of Oklahoma, are you not? Uh, yes,
1: I am. And so you didn't started in Louisville, I bet. No, my first job was in Louisville, Kentucky. Was it? Yeah, okay. yeah I graduated from the University of Oklahoma, and then, uh, you know, originally I was thinking I'd go into TV. And then uh, one of the TV meteorologists back then said, you know, beware, alligators wear suits. And uh, that kind of panned out for me from a TV standpoint, but <laughs> I want to I want to go back and say it was actually because I had uh, my uh, accent and probably didn't go over too well for television. Yeah. But uh, then I went to uh, Kentucky, then to Kansas. All right. Well, you spend a good deal
0: of time every spring with... Uh storm, storm fury on the plains are you still calling it that by the way we do okay that's a series of informational I'd say informational seminars uh, I guess how many how many rep- or how many presentations do you do uh, in a year for that?
1: well one thing to note there Steve is actually every weather service office in the state of Kansas will actually provide this form of training We've actually named it Storm Fury on the plains weather identification and safety. A lot of folks remember it from years past as spotter training, but we typically get out and provide, oh, anywhere between uh, 26 and 32 presentations in a given year.
0: You used to call it spotter training, but Storm Fury is a kind of uh, a, new, a new way to brand it.
1: Several years ago you came up with that. It is, and the reason is because we actually invite the public now. We used to just invite storm spotters for specific counties. But we figure the more people we can educate on what to look for in the clouds and when to take cover, the better we're all going to be. And how many meetings do you say you're going to do this year? We'll probably be somewhere between 26 and 30 this year. We're even adding virtual talks nowadays.
0: How many people actually attend these meetings, Chance? You
1: know, back uh, prior to COVID, we would have somewhere around 3,000 to 3,500 folks across the 26 counties we serve show up for these presentations.
0: And again, uh, free of charge.
1: Free of charge. Yes. all they've got to do is bring an interest in the weather and and we'll entertain them for a couple of hours. Okay.
0: How many uh, what's the most ask, asked question at Storm Fury?
1: How well, bad's the severe weather season going to be? I mean that is inevitable. the question we get pretty much everywhere and, and I just tell them, you know. We can give you an inclination, but to be honest with you, we just got to take it day by day because it can change here in Kansas, as we all know. So, you know, my next question was, how is it going <laughs> to
0: <laughs> I don't know. From year to year, you you can look at some patterns and sometimes make an educated
1: guess, can't you? Uh, we can. We've got some folks that look at patterns, uh, you know, that are developing, and they see how the jet stream is moving and so they try and predict what the severe weather season is going to be. And a lot of things they're looking at nowadays is, is what we call El Nino and La Nina, uh, which is a warming of the waters off the Pacific coast and then a cooling of the waters. And basically the temperature of that stream flow along the coast will mm-hmm. actually affect the weather here in Kansas. Sure.
0: And what was last year's tornado sighting story here? In Kansas. And how does it compare to previous years?
1: Well, we had 56 touchdowns across the state of Kansas last year, which if you look at the normal or the average from 1950 through 22, uh, we were slightly below normal from that time frame. But the typical normal is 30 years. And for 30 years, we average uh, about 85 tornadoes a year. So we were well below that number. Uh, But we also look at last 10 years because that's generally what we have a tendency to remember. And we were still about 9 below, or say about 10 below, actually, that 10-year average. So it was a slow year, but I'll tell you what, it seemed busy compared to the two previous years, because that's what's unprecedented, because our office, what was it, three years ago, we actually had zero tornadoes touchdown down in our 26 counties. And then uh, the, the year after that, we had five. Hmm. And then this, last year we had 19, so it was more like normal for us.
0: Now, which states uh, had the most tornadoes? Uh, and how, how? which states had the most tornado fatalities?
1: Well, typically the most tornadoes are generally going to be down in Texas. In it's Texas. so big. Yeah, it's huge. And you get so many storms. So we typically have uh, a few more tornadoes down there. When we start to look at fatalities, you know, generally – the southeast part of the United States, we're starting to see uh, more fatalities occurring down there because it does seem like, you know, they are experiencing a, a few more tornadoes of late. I tell you that Mississippi has been extremely busy with a number of tornadoes, especially the Jackson office, and then it moves on over into the Birmingham and and uh, uh, those areas and part of Alabama. So we're starting to see a little bit of a shift, but... It will come back. We are Kansas, so it will. Uh, we will have tornadoes, large hail, and strong winds.
0: Well, for, for years and years and years, we referred to Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas as Tornado Alley. Uh-huh. And yet, it sounds like the alley's been moving to the east over the past there's, few years.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of research on that, and and some people are saying, now we have like a Tornado Alley, now we have a Dixie Alley. And to be honest with you, a lot of people are just wanting to get away from the term "Tornado Alley" altogether.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, Al, sure. And the folks that uh, in that part of the world, though, are they acclimated toward tornado? I mean, we we grew up with them around here.
1: We did. Are Uh, they learning the way? Are their warning systems good down there? What do you think? They're They're getting accustomed to it. Unfortunately for them, I mean, I can remember. Uh, April 27, twenty eleven, with the major outbreak that they had down in the southeast part of the country. In fact, I was part of an assessment team down there, and then just sheer number of EF four and EF five tornadoes that they had on in one day uh, was um, just amazing to me. And to walk through and see all the complete devastation, you know, here in Kansas, we'll get the strong tornadoes, but typically we'll have one EF four, one EF five. Every few years, it's been quite a while since we've even had one of those. Uh, they're seeing them more regularly down there. Tops would be an EF5. That but, is uh, correct.
0: We also have EFs ones and 2s. And, right,
1: and, and we've got a new one. It's called an EFU. For? EF unknown. So Would that it, be
0: big or small?
1: <clears throat> that's general. Well, it can be small or big. Basically oh. what happens there, tornado touches down the middle of a field. It yeah. doesn't cause any damage because that's what I need when I go out and assess tornadoes for strength. I need it to hit something. And if it's nothing, we have to call it an EF unknown.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you next about, about the EF and the and the what is it, Fujita scale. Uh-huh. Um, this assessing, trying to assess the power of a twister. You know, you can look at a, something on TV or a video and think, well, that's an EF this or that. Right. What you have to do, though, and you do this, uh, I know, as part of your job, you, go have to go, you have to go out after the tornado goes through and look at damage. You're just talking about no damage in the middle of a field. So, right. Yeah, so you have to see some damage to, to assess that.
1: We do. So,
0: so it's the top is then the
1: EF-5, right? That is correct. And like I said, we go from an EF uh, unknown all the way up to an EF-5. And what's nice about it is, you know, you mentioned the Fujita scale. We now have what we call an enhanced Fujita scale, which we are getting some brilliant minds uh, in researching wind and its effects on structures. And, and they're providing us a lot more information on how strong the winds would have to be to cause this type of yeah. damage. Yeah. And so that's what we're incorporating into our assessments nowadays is, okay, we've lost this portion of the house What's the estimated wind speeds based on what these engineers and experts are finding to cause that type of damage? So, we're getting a lot more accurate, in my opinion. So, you, when you talk about an EF5, what are the wind speeds on that? Generally greater than 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. We. So well, you have,
0: don't you, you used to put out a little chart that showed that somewhere? We did. You oh, know,
1: I, and it used to I be. i find you know, one of those. A, I want to say the some... EF5 used to be up to uh, 315 or 16 miles an hour. Whoa. But oh. how are you going to measure those winds? There's yeah. no way to do that. So once they changed over to the enhanced, they just basically said anything over 200 miles an hour, EF5 tornado. Well, for
0: a while it was F,
1: but then yeah. it became EF. So that is correct. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Enhanced Fujita.
0: Does uh, that mean just better? Or <laughs> Well, that's
1: where we get these wind experts coming into play. You know, it could be engineers, uh, uh, wind experts. They, they're doing all these studies. I mean, they're shooting 2 by 4s out of cannons into walls they're they're bringing homes into these huge warehouses and they're getting these winds and they're trying to measure the wind speed and how these homes uh, get torn apart by it
0: what uh what's the costliest tornado strike in kansas history you know off the top of your head oh boy we're not talking about topeka are we or no greensburg? i think
1: probably getting a little too far back there i'm not sure if it'd been greensburg mm. or not i mean it would the whole town was wiped out, but it was a small enough community. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, I can't say that because if I did, I think I'd just be winging it there, yeah. Steve.
0: Well, just to top of my mind, the, 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 the Topeka. My brother was in Topeka in sixty six, sixty seven. Right. Uh, now, if
1: you yeah. took that in today's dollars, maybe that's a possibility.
0: Uh, yeah, that was a. They came right down to the Washburn campus, and Don mm-hmm. lived across the street from there. hmm Right. Uh, he came out all right, so
1: that's a good you know. thing.
0: Now, uh, is Andover fully recovered from, uh, what was it, May of last year? That it was April 29th ninth. Yeah. April 29th.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it touched down in actually far southeast Sedgwick County and then moved into uh, Butler County, then almost took a beeline north through the eastern parts of, of Andover. And to be honest with you, they're, they're still trying to recover. I mean, it takes a little bit of time to, to get the, the sites cleaned up and then – work with their insurance folks, and sure. and then get new contractors to come in. But they are rebuilding. I drove out there about a month ago, and I'm starting to see the, the shells of the homes being rebuilt, and, and it's good to see them coming back.
0: It's interesting that Andover has been uh, hit twice in, within the frame of my career. Going, if I go back 50 years, but in recent years I would say Andover twice. And that thing in Greensburg, my goodness gracious! And they have rebuilt the town. They have, yep. And it's really neat because it's all green. It's it all is. conservation, in other yeah. Words. Which yeah.
1: is, in, you know, interesting. You know, for a nice little farming community like that to come back all green, uh, it's pretty impressive. Didn't it?
0: Didn't President Bush go out there? I believe he I did. did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He You're, met
1: with some of the Weather Service staff. I think he met with the meteorologist in charge, the mm. warning coordination meteorologist, and also the forecaster that issued the warning. Now, how many National Weather Service offices do we have in Kansas? We got Wichita. Well, we have seven. Seven that serve the state of Kansas. Now, only I believe five of them actually reside. Well, four of them. You got uh, Dodge City, Goodland, Topeka, and Wichita actually reside in the state. Yeah. And then Hastings, Nebraska; Pleasant Hill, Missouri, which is outside of Kansas City. And then Springfield, Missouri, has a few counties.
0: And so, and actually, you've told me in the past if something would go down with your office here, You mm-hmm. can somebody else can take it over, and, and
1: your product goes on. Oh, no question about no, it. It's seamless. It just takes a phone call, and I can call Topeka, Kansas, or Dodge City, Kansas, and say, hey, we lost all communications. You need to take over for us. Take over. Yeah. Yeah. We're off the air.
0: You're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Chance Hayes, warning coordination meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Wichita, uh, which category of spring storms is most deadly? Is it
1: tornadoes? You know, not of late. Uh, flash flooding probably still is up there around number one. But, you know, the work that we're doing together uh, between the, the Weather Service, uh, the, our media partners, our, our nonprofit organizations, spreading the word about safety has really helped keep those numbers down here in Kansas. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think uh, the last fatality that I can recall for our 26 counties was way back in, what was it, 2000 when the Hoysington was hit. Hmm. Uh, we had one fatality there. Uh, but, you know, we still got to be vigilant, you know, so flooding, are, lightning, and uh, tornadoes.
0: What's the safety tips on flooding? I know it's turn well, around, don't drown. Well, if, it's if very you don't. simple.
1: I mean, if you see rapidly wa- running water across the road, just don't drive into it. You know, I've seen a lot of pictures already this year with a lot of the flooding, especially out west, where the roads are completely washed out. So it's like a huge sinkhole. And if it's still covered in water and you drive across it, poof, down into the sinkhole you go.
0: How much How much water flow, in other words, how rapidly does it,
1: or how deep does it have to be to float a car or well, a truck? Well, a uh, car, we're basically looking at about two feet. That's all it takes to make the vehicle buoyant. Now, if it's a heavy vehicle, it's going to take a little bit more. But you know, a lot of times, some of the folks with these trucks with the big old tires and stuff, they're still trucks, and they got more air in those tires, and they got more surface space to hit. They can still float away, and we just got to be careful not drive through those uh, water-covered roads where that water's moving real rapidly.
0: I'd said something that scares me is lightning. Lightning's always uh, is
1: very dangerous. Uh, talk about lightning for a little bit. It's it's still an underrated uh, hazard, in my opinion. You know, we we still take too many risks. Uh, You know, the numbers from injuries and fatalities have been going down over the years because we've really been pushing lightning safety. Uh, But unfortunately, it it still happens. I can still recall the the lightning fatality out near Elk City State Park there near Independence a couple of years ago uh, where they were having a race out there and a gentleman was struck. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we're, our office is right across the street from a golf course, and I still see them out there golfing, even as the storms are approaching. So basically, folks just need to remember, if you can hear the thunder, you can be struck. You know, it, it's not a, it, a huge chance that you're going to get struck, but it's there. Hmm. And you got to pay attention to get indoors.
0: During a lightning storm, Chance, where should we go to shelter?
1: Indoors. Just I mean, get indoors Something. Indoors, inside of a car, just something to protect you. Uh, from the elements outdoors. You know, don't go stand underneath the tree. Don't be the tallest object around. Uh, yeah, when you, I was
0: growing up, I would say, they said get under a tree, but that's not good. <laughs> no. That's the worst place.
1: <laughs> that's the worst place because a tree's taller than you. Yeah. It's going to come down and you can get side flashes or it can go under the root system underneath you and get you. So mm. the best thing to do is it just don't even risk it. You know, that, that's what I tell folks all the time. Just Just look across the horizon. And if it looks bad, it probably is bad. Start working your way indoors.
0: You know, it seems like uh, people involved in outdoor sports events are paying more attention to the dangers of lightning. I think they've even called off some big league baseball games and so forth. Oh, absolutely. Or football. It's just, if, if it's in the area, they've,
1: they're they paying more attention. Now. Oh, absolutely. You know, the schools are getting a lot more involved. They're calling games uh, due to inclement weather. And, in fact, I believe every school district in the state of Kansas Got a new, uh, it's called a Kestrel monitor that can measure wind speed, but it also measures what we call a wet bulb globe temperature, Hmm. which is a fancy term for enhanced heat indices. And so they're actually monitoring the heat so that they can protect the players during, you know, the hot uh, summer, you know, especially there in August and stuff like that. Uh, Hmm. In in fact, you know, the surge calls us quite quite frequently as well about weather coming in.
0: Does wind surge our baseball team, you know? And you brought up something. I just want to sidebar for a little bit, and that is that one of the things they they did on our bond issue back in two thousand eight for the Wichita Public Schools was to make sure that every every school had a safe room or uh, Mm -hmm. structure that is that the kids could go to in uh, if there was a tornado. Now we had one several years ago that went right over Jefferson School. Mm-hmm. On on in the east side of Wichita. So,
1: right, was that the one there on South Oliver? Yeah, I remember that one. That would have probably been was a, back in. I 90, don't know, but do you know it was in? It was like eight o'clock in the morning. It was. I can remember standing in the window of my house because at that time I lived at Central and Oliver in the College Hill area, and I could just remember that storm just being horrific, and then come to find out we had a tornado just move. Right up Oliver, for the most part, over towards Edgemore.
0: What kind of reinforcement would you have to have in structures, walls, to protect you?
1: You know, the the simplest thing is to basically go to the basement, if you have a basement. Get under a staircase. If not, get as many walls between you and the outside as possible. Because they generally have a tendency to start shred away the roof and the exterior walls. and, And many times, the only thing left is that center room. Could be a closet or a bathroom.
0: Yeah, a lot of times, bathtubs. Yeah. Absolutely. There people going yeah. in a bathtub and just getting in there. If you you're know, I, alone.
1: I like to have fun with that one a little bit because, I mean, think about it. If you have a family of four or six people, are they all going to fit in the bathtub? Probably not. Yeah, you have a bigger so, bathtub. So I have a little bit of fun with that when I go out and talk to the school-aged kids, you know, the younger kids in elementary. And I tell them, uh, you know, hug the toilet. Yeah. Because okay. if you can't get in the tub... Wrap your arms and legs no. around the toilet because it's heavy. It's, it's bolted to the floor. <laughs> and what are the odds it's going to pull it out of the ground? You
0: know, a chance, if you're, if you, let's say you're out in a, in a field. Yeah. And I'm I'm seeing a tornado coming at you. Okay. Uh huh. Flat. Get into a ditch. <laughs> uh. Like the guys in TV, get under a bridge about... No,
1: I don't want you to get... A, no, <laughs> that no, video no, no, that was out not, several years ago... Yeah, we're past that one. That was April 26th and 91. In fact, it's funny. I drive back and forth to Kansas City quite a bit, and and I always look at that bridge when I drive underneath it, and I just shake my head going, oh. It's, uh, it's not a safe place. It's either. not a safe place. I mean, think about it. Uh, you're elevated up off of the ground, so the winds are going to be higher and two you're shrinking the space that you're in so it's a natural compression which is going to increase the winds. So unless you can really brace yourself between the girders, (laughs) you can get sucked out or or blown out. Do not go under a bridge. Get into a ditch, you know, make yourself as small as possible. You got to be careful laying out on the ground because if you got lightning, Mm. that makes you more of a target there. But there you go. The lower you can get, to get out of the debris, the better you're going to be.
0: Is hail a serious threat to physical safety?
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> now, mean, let me ask you. I you, got stories have about you, Have you ever been hit on the head with a baseball? Pretty close. Okay, I have many <laughs> times. It didn't feel good. No. So, you know, absolutely hail is. Though I will say this. Most folks have enough common sense to get in at a, out of a hail storm. I said most folks. So, I see you chuckling over there. Well, I
0: got to share quickly uh, the story my granddad told me, he was a baseball player when he was a kid, and yeah. uh, he lived out in western Kansas, and I don't know how old he was, probably eight or nine or whatever, and the hail was coming down, big as, almost as big as baseballs. it was coming down sideways. Yeah. So he grabbed his bat and went out and took a little batting practice. <laughs> He's nailing these, these hailstones, so one nailed <laughs> him right, right between the eyes. He said, so,
1: "I woke up and
0: I got, I got out of there."
1: Oh, you know, so, that's funny. So that was his version of soft toss, yes, right there. Yes. <laughs> well,
0: what is, uh, what is the biggest hailstone on record in Kansas?
1: You got it off the top of your mind? Well, it's kind of, we kind of have a twofer there. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, you know, we still go back. What is it? 1971 down in Coffeyville. coffeeville Coffeyville used to be the, the original, and I think it is still the record for weight, if I'm not mistaken, but. Uh, Back in September of 2010, when we had that hailstorm that moved across West Wichita, uh, I think that one's the new one for like circumference and, and diameter. Stones. Bigger, it's like, it's bigger no, than a no, We We need to start bringing up Sasquatch here mm. when we're talking about that hailstone. These hailstones put divots in the ground so big you could actually go out and cast them. Mm. And to be honest with you, we have a cast of a hailstone that fell in our office. Uh, bigger than a football. Oh, wow. It's huge. I don't want to get hit by that. Uh, (laughs) No.
0: Tell us about the danger of straight-line wind while we're on it. I mean, you got a severe thunderstorm warning. That means there's going to be wind. No
1: no question about it. The difference is these straight-line winds can be up to and greater than 100 miles an hour. So think about it. We issue tornado warnings for winds 60, 100, 150 on up. If you're getting a wall of wind, I mean, we're talking miles across in some cases with the squall line of 100 mile an hour winds. It's going to be complete devastation. I mean, it, it's just like a, a, you know, a dump truck coming through and just rolling everything over. And uh, folks just need to pay attention. Wind is wind. Many times it doesn't matter if it's going around or if it's going straight. It causes damage.
0: And yeah, that's the one that's going to blow the trash cans down the street.
1: Chance, <laughs> we're out of time for this for this year. Our guest, Chance Hayes.
0: Warning Coordination Meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Wichita. And, uh, hey, thanks for being with us. And I don't think we'll have need of you to be on here in the next few months, but it's always good to talk to you every year about this time uh, when we're going into the, the severe weather season. That's all for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.